Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Tipping point. I want to tell you a story. I went to Italy. Uh, my brother Tony had Bible schools there. He's now in Australia with a Bible school in a church. But he started uh, three Bible schools in Italy. So he was in Rome at the time. Our kids were like grade school. Joe might have been fifth grade. And then everybody, Dave was third grade and under. Gina couldn't make it, so I took my two boys. And uh, my job was to teach every class in the Bible school the whole week. So I was doing that. Tony comes up to me. He's really serious. He goes, Joe, there's this lady. Her name's Beatrice. And he goes, he's, he's really cautious. He goes, I know our mom was a great cook. And I know our grandmas were great cooks. But this lady's even better. He goes, she wants to have you over for dinner. So, so we go over for dinner. And Joe and Dave are outside with Anna and Lily, their cousins. Patsy's helping Beatrice in the kitchen. And Tony and I sit on this couch. It's a two-man couch. And I was in great shape at the time. I had no extra fat. I weigh 205 pounds when I'm in shape. Or 205, yeah, when I'm in shape, I'm big bone. And so then, then uh, Tony was 210. And so that's 415 pounds of man. And uh, when we sat down, we could fill the, the couch. Was, we could fill it was uh, not real strong, but it was okay. But then after a while, his daughter, Anna, who was this little, almost a toddler, string bean, she comes and just sits on his lap. And when she sat on his lap, that couch cracked. You could hear the crack. And it went like this, and we're like this. And then the legs broke like this. And Beatrice is like horrified, like, you broke my couch, you know? And Patsy's laughing so hard, Tony's wife, she's falling over. And we, we did buy her, a, we bought her a beautiful brand new couch. We felt so bad. But I share this story to open this series up. This little string bean little girl sitting on Tony's lap was the tipping point of that couch breaking, right? It just took her and it, boom, and it broke. And that's how tipping points are. So there are some people in this room right now, you may not know it, but you're just ready to fall over a cliff in one area or another of your life. And just one more bad decision is going to take you right over the cliff. But there's a bunch of you in here tonight. Uh, you're climbing up this hill in an area of your life, and one more good decision will pop you up to the top, and you're going you're to have success and fruit in that area like you've never had before. And it's all by these decisions we make. So here's what I'm hoping for in this series. If you're just ready to go over a cliff, I'm just hoping to back you up and get you going up that hill and, and show you how to get to the top. For those of you that are almost at the top of that hill or the middle, I want to just launch you to the top. And all we're going to do is take some different areas, show you what the tipping points are, just some simple decisions you can make and change everything. So tonight, we're going to talk about this thing. At first, when you hear it, you may not think it's that big of a deal. It's called wisdom. And we're going to have some fun with this thing called wisdom because uh, God wants to flood you with it. There's actually three levels of wisdom, so I'll talk about all three. But when I was in Bible school, I was the, we called it the uh, college and career age singles. I was the pastor, college and career age sing singles. So uh, people single in college, out of college, working, whatever it was. And so I had a Thursday night meeting, and I would, we did worship, and then I would teach them. And I just felt like they were really getting spiritually fat, just really 
just a lot of ingestion and no output. So I just thought, you know, let's go do something. And so I, I created a, 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 a team. I said, let's come on, help me. We're going to go downtown, downtown Tulsa. We're, we're going to share Christ with street people and knock on doors down there. And I got a portion of them to go, and we began to get so many people to accept Christ. So then um, I, I thought, let's do a meeting. So we, I, I rented this room at the YMCA, and we began to have a service for those people. We had a worship team. That pulled more people in. I, had, I, had this, I built this team to feed them, and they're going to stores all over the suburbs and having all kinds of things donated. And I just almost was able to get all of them involved. And so it was amazing. And then I would teach something that would be applicable to them. And uh, so I decided to bring one of our associate pastors in. And what I really wanted is I wanted him to really pray for these people because he was just the most incredible person of prayer. And I said, don't teach. Just get up and say hi and begin to pray. And, but he decided to teach. And he stood up and said, I'm going to teach on wisdom. And I'm standing in the back. And I'm standing there. And I'm just thinking, I don't know what, I don't understand what he's saying. And I'm trying my best. And I'm thinking, it's not making any sense. I can't wait for him to just start praying for people because he could really pray. And he goes on and on. So finally, this one person stands up. He storms outside and he's really angry. And I knew him because I would take him home. He lived under a bridge. So I would take him home after and to his bridge. And so I thought, I better go check on him. So I go out and check on him. I go, what's wrong? What, what happened? What, what, did someone next to you? He just looked at me, and he said the minister's name. He said that, and he said the minister, but he said it this way. He said that blankety-blank minister and his blankety-blank wisdom, and he's throwing out some choice words. He goes, I don't understand a word he's saying, and what is this blankety-blank wisdom stuff? And I want to laugh so bad, but I can't. And I just said, it's a complicated subject, but go back in. Once he prays for you, you're going to just love it. So I shared that story to say this. We're going to talk about wisdom. I don't want anyone to have to storm out of here, so I'm going to try to make it interesting, right? And I don't want any of you to come up to me in the lobby and say, you and your blankety-blank wisdom, all right? I, I want this to be really good. So I'm wanting you to engage. It's incredible. So I thought, why don't we do this? Why don't we start with just helping all of us understand how long wisdom's been around. So I call it wisdom's birth. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. Listen to Proverbs 8.22. The Lord brought me wisdom forth as the first of his works before the deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. So he's talking about creation. God, before he made the universe, created wisdom. Listen to verse 27. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizons on the face of the deep. And you could read this chapter. It's awesome to read this week. It's amazing. Wisdom was created by God before he created the universe, and he used it to create the universe. So think of the potential that's there if we can flood ourselves with this. Uh, let's talk about wisdom's source. Uh, if you're a Christian, this is amazing. Obviously, God is the source of wisdom. But for all of us Christians, listen to Colossians 2, 2, and 3. For God's secret plan, now at last made known, is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the mighty untapped treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you said, Jesus, I love you. I believe you're the only way to heaven. I'm going to follow you. With him comes 
all the wisdom and knowledge in all the universe, and he's wanting to give it to you. So what's the tipping point? What do we do in order to receive that? I'm going to share with it. It's really simple. But I want to talk about one more thing. I call it wisdom's reward. This is awesome, guys. Proverbs 4, 6, and 8. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. Did you see all the things I, I, I highlighted? Exalt you, honor you, watch over you, protect you. Wisdom is amazing. And if we go after her, she's going to do these things. But then there's one more thing. Listen to Proverbs 3.14. It goes like this. For she wisdom is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. I don't know about you, but watching a stock market boom this year, has last year and then this year continue. It's been amazing, but wisdom is better than that. It's better than anything on this earth. Listen to verses 16 and 17. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. No matter what's going on in your life, walking through the worst valley you've ever walked through, wisdom will flood you with peace. It's just an amazing thing. But check this out. When you obtain wisdom... She wraps her arms around you, and you, your life can be enhanced just by doing the things wisdom shows you. And then you can prosper, and you can have honor in this earth just because you were flooded with this thing called wisdom. It's an amazing thing. So if I were to say, hey, I have a free car, and I want to give you a free car, how many of you would be excited if I could do that? Boardman, yeah, I'll give, I'll give you a free car. But what if I said behind door number two are the keys to a car factory? Would anybody take the car once you could have the keys to a car factory? No way. Take the, take the keys to the car factory. Why? You can pump out a new car every year. That one car is going to wear out 10 years from now. It's going to be old and worn. But what if you had the factory? Wisdom is the factory. And it's the most amazing thing you and I could ever get our hands on. It doesn't matter what age you are, it will change your life forever. So we want to talk about that. And here's my big idea. My big idea is the tipping point for this lesson. And this is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. It goes like this. If you desire wisdom, you'll acquire wisdom. That's pretty simple, right? You have to just ask for it, desire it, long for it. And God will flood you with it. And there's three levels, so we'll talk about it specifically in all three levels. But I want to share a story with you. The man that had more wisdom than anybody, he had a tipping point in his life, and he desired wisdom, and, and man, did God flood him with it. His name was Solomon. His dad was David, King David. So King Saul was the first king of Israel, and then King David. King David, I think, is still the greatest king Israel ever had. But he died, and he made his son Solomon the king. Solomon was only 20. And you know what his big concern was? Israel has about 3.5 million people, and, and, and when it comes to overseeing a nation, I'm like an infant. So he went to, to Gibeon, and you know what he did? He offered 1,000 animal sacrifices, 1,000 animals. He offered them up as a sacrifice to God, just worshiping God. Then he went to sleep that night. 
and God appeared to him in the dream. And here's, here's the dialogue, 1 Kings 3.10. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, that would be tempting, right? God's saying, I'm a genie in the lamp, ask whatever you want. So he, he said, but for discernment and administering justice to, to run the kingdom, listen to the next verse, 12. I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. And Solomon was that way. So God said, I'm going to flood you with wisdom. But listen to the next verse. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And so notice how wisdom wrapped its arms around him. The tipping point is he just said, God, I, I want to be flooded with your wisdom. And that's a tipping point in every one of our lives. Solomon later, with, with God giving him the words, he wrote the book of Proverbs. Listen to what he said in Proverbs eight seventeen: I, wisdom, love those who love me, and those who seek me, find me. If you desire wisdom, you acquire wisdom. And I just want us here at every age, man, just to say, I want, I want to be flooded with more of the wisdom of God. And it's just you and I saying, God, I want it. But there are three levels, and they're interesting levels. Here's the first one. I call it directional wisdom. And this is kind of like when you're at the fork in the road, you know, like, do I go right? Do I go left? And that happens at every age. Some of you are students here, so it's like, which college do I go to? Um, or what, what major should I have, or should I go to trade school, or should I go to college? Those are huge decisions. And God wants to give you directional wisdom. He wants to help you know. But all of us, when we're in the workforce at any age, we always need God to help us out. You might have a kid. You don't know how to get through to them. You don't know how to help them with the struggles they have. God wants to flood you with wisdom. It's directional wisdom. You might have a relationship where you need some help from heaven. God wants to flood you. Now, when I was growing up, and when Gene and I were early in our early marriage, um, we didn't have GPS. So you know what we had to do if we were going to take a trip? I had to get out. I had this atlas with, with a, you know, uh, every state. And I would have to look at that map, and I'd have to write down the highways and figure out I'm going to go from this highway to that. You just write it all down. And then you, you know, if Gina was with me, I gave it to her and just said, navigate, because it's hard to read and, and drive, you know. And, and there were times when we'd become lost. And she was like the GPS lady. She'd say, stop and ask for directions. And I'd say, not going to do it. Uh, I'm a guy, and I'm not stopping. We'll figure this baby out. And it would, it would go on and on and on. But now, you don't even, you don't have to look at a map. They have an app called Maps, right? And you just put the address in there, and then you turn it on, and, and you can choose your voice. I have a lady's voice because it makes me, you know, feel like my wife's still telling me what to do, you know? So, um, and then she, Gina likes me to tease her like that. So, so, so. It's the most amazing thing. In 500 feet, turn left. It's like, okay, on Detroit Street, okay. And sometimes I feel like I'm losing my uh, mental strength, you know, but it's the most amazing thing. But here, here's what God wants to do. He wants to tell you when to turn left. He wants to tell you when to turn right. 
Now, you're not going to hear a voice like your GPS. All of us are made different. For most of us, he's going to give us a peace. Um, he's going to stir us. And we're just going to know this is what I need to do. It's different for each and every one of us, but he wants to give us direction. And so here's the turning point. It's James 1.5, and it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given. What's fascinating about the verses above, these people, because of their Christianity, they were being fired from their jobs unless they denied Jesus. They were, they were having their homes taken from them because they're fired from their jobs, and now they don't have any money, and they can't make payments, however it worked back then. They are hurting, and, and God's answer to them is, hey, if you lack wisdom on what direction to go, just ask, and I'll give it to you. And then the next verse says, but ask, believing I will. In other words, ask in faith, believe that I'll do it. And so here's how it works in my life. Um, I'll ask God for wisdom. It typically never comes the same day. It typically never comes the same week. Sometimes it's months. But here's what I do. Every day I wake and I think about it, I just say, God, I thank you that I asked and you're going to show me. And I just keep, keep thanking him. And you know what? He, he has never failed. He's never let me down. He's always shown me. But I think sometimes when I look back, I wasn't ready to make a turn yet, so he was just waiting and because he knows as soon as he tells me, I'm turning left. If he's, so, so sometimes he'll just wait. So we just thank him and say, thank you, Lord. Whatever's going on in your life, God wants to flood you with directional wisdom. If you ask for wisdom you, or seek wisdom, you will acquire wisdom. That's just what God does. Here's the second kind. I like this one. It's called practical wisdom. And I want to I read you some of it. The Bible's full of this, especially the book of Proverbs. It's, it's really fascinating. So there's one place you can receive it is the Bible. The other place is just from experiences. And it's good to talk to people that in, are in your field that have been doing it longer and just ask them because you figure some things out by mistake, right? So let me tell you how this worked in my life just from experience. And I try to help younger ministers. I, I just love to help younger ministers out. So the worst part of my week for two decades, can you say two decades? Two de that's, that's 20 years. You know what the, the most awful, toughest part of my week was? Teaching on the weekend. And I want to tell you why. I'd, I'd come up and I'd teach, and then I'd go home thinking, oh, I wish I would have said this, I wish I would have said that, and, and, and thank God for multiple services, so sometimes I got to come back, and, 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 and then I'd think, I'd do, it, I'd do it the next day, it's like, I wish I would have said this. And after I did it, I'd think, oh, I wish I would have said this. And then I'm like just coming up with my stomach in knots every time. And, uh, and I began to pray, and I just said, God, I have no clue what to do. And then one day I just had this idea. It's just crazy, isn't it? The idea was this, because I'm always ahead with my lesson. So I have my lesson for next week is already on PowerPoint, so I have it. But I've already preached that lesson a couple times already. But, but here's what I do. I wake up Monday, and the first thing, my day off is Monday. I work six days a week. So Monday, I read my lesson for the next week, and I just read it a couple times in my devotional time. Just read it, and I'll get ideas, and I'll start making changes. Then I preach it Tuesday morning. I get up early, preach it, 
And then I make more changes. See, that's when I would go home on the weekend and say, I wish I would have said that, I wish I would have said that. And, and then I preach it Wednesday, I teach it in my, just in my room early. And then I make even more changes. And then I get an idea, I'll share this story and I'll share that story. And, and that will help them understand. And then I do it Thursday morning. I do it Friday morning. And then Saturday I have prayer here at 9. And so I get up early before prayer and I preach it again. And when I come up here to preach Sunday, whenever it is, I know that baby inside and out, and I have verbally processed it to death, and I'm ready. I don't come up nervous anymore, but do you know it took me two decades to figure that out? And I wish I could have found a minister to help me, but I didn't know who to ask. And, but I, I just helped a bunch of young ministers today just to show them how easy it can be. That's practical. In your profession, there are people that can show you things that you never dreamt of. And so I'm always looking for people that I think are ahead of me and just asking questions. That's practical wisdom. But can I show you how you can also just pull it out of the Bible? You ready? Listen to this. Proverbs 6, 9. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? <laughs> Listen to verse 10 and 11. A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this, you can look forward to a dirt, dirt poor life, poverty, your permanent, permanent house guest. This, this is meant for kids to read, you know, and learn. Now, I believe in government safety nets. I want you to know that uh, for people that are mentally challenged, people that are physically challenged, for the aged, Oh, I believe in that strongly. But you know what the book of Proverbs says? If you're able to work, work. And the Bible says there's, there's profit in all kinds of work. Any kind of work you do, there is a profit in that work. And so that's practical wisdom. Do you realize how that can change a life if somebody just gets a hold of that? You know, if you don't work, you don't eat, that's practical wisdom. So many of you know that. But just think about teaching our kids. Gina and I taught our kids this, and we just made sure they understand, man, we're not giving you any handouts. You're going to work on your own, or you're not going to make it. And that is practical wisdom. It's the book of Proverbs, I chose that one. It's just for free. And uh, it's awesome. Here, here's the next level. You ready? It's called heavenly wisdom. This is the highest level of wisdom. Another true story. Years ago, this guy's moved to another state. There's this guy. He was such a brainiac, one of the smartest people I've ever met. And one day I was complimenting him, and I said, I just said, you're the bright. I, I don't know if I've ever met anybody brighter. And I'm just giving him affirmation because I just felt like, boy, you need to hear how, how impressed I am with you. And he came back at me. I'm sure he didn't mean what he said to be negative to me. But he said to me, he said, at least you have street smarts. And he might as well have said, duh, at least you have some street smarts, Pastor Joe. Because that's how it felt. And I don't think he meant it. But I just walked away thinking, okay, he thinks I'm an idiot, but I, I could survive on the streets. I, if you put me out there, I'll figure out a way not to die, okay? I have street smarts. But then I got to thinking about that story, and I thought, you know what? There is such a thing as heaven smarts. And heaven smarts is when we understand how heaven works, 
And God floods us with that heavenly smarts, that wisdom, and we use it down here, and it changes everything down here. It's an amazing thing. It's the highest level of wisdom. Let, let me help you see what it is. I want you to desire this like crazy. James 3.13 says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. So heavenly wisdom is going to bring you to a place of just being a, 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 a humble person. This whole text is about this. Listen to the next verse. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. And I've carried some of this wisdom for years, you know. But it's fascinating. Look at what he said. If you deal with bitterness, envy, selfish ambition, any of these types of things, he says there's Two wisdoms. There's an earthly wisdom, a heavenly wisdom. He says, this is not heaven's wisdom. But you know why you and I struggle with some of these things? And this list could go on. You name anything that the Bible says is a sin, it would be in there. You know why we deal with it? Because we live in a body that's not redeemed. When you accepted Jesus, he recreated your, your, your spirit, man. But we live in this unredeemed body, and this is the default of that body. This is what it wants to do constantly. So all of us have to fight bitterness and, and all these things off, selfish ambitions. But if we can draw off the wisdom of heaven, it will literally supersede those things, and we'll begin to live like people do in heaven. And that's an amazing thing. And that will bless every area of your life like crazy because that releases everything wisdom has to bless you with. And listen to how he goes on and explains this. Verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. And that word pure means referring to purity, just being a pure person and how you live your life. Then peace loving, just try to make peace with everybody. That's not always easy, right? Consider it, putting other people first. Submissive, yeah, Gina, submissive, Gina, see? Submit to your husband, right? Um, just having fun tonight. Um, trying to loosen you up a little. All right. Full of mercy. I like that, full of mercy. I told you about the, mercy, uh, the, the, the test, you know, for what, where your strengths are. And mercy is out of 100, I'm a 3. So I need wisdom to fill that gap. Um, and good fruit, impartial treat everybody fair and sincere. I don't know about you. I want that to flood me like crazy. I need that kind of wisdom. And all it is is God can flood us with a wisdom that allows us to live on earth like we would, are going to act in the future in heaven. And that's where I'm telling you, everything breaks loose in your life when God is able to let that flow into you. And how does it flow in? If you desire wisdom, you will acquire wisdom. It's just wanting it. And there's nothing more exciting to me to watch Christians who just say to God, flood me with your wisdom, and then to watch God do what only God can do, and then to watch their lives change drastically. But here's what else I like. And you guys hear me say this all the time. It's a principle. God changes us from the inside out. So this isn't about me trying to get somewhere. This is about me opening up my heart 
and saying, God, flood me, flood me with these things, and then allowing God to do what only God can do. I think there's a bunch of us here today that really want to take a moment and just pray and say, God, I'd like some wisdom. Can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Let's just go ahead and pray. Lord, I did my best to uh, teach this lesson. And Lord, I thank you for every person in this room. Some are Christians, and there may be some that aren't. But Lord, I thank you for the ones in Boardman that are listening. I thank you for those here. And Lord, here's my heart's cry. I just thank you for stirring us to want directional wisdom, practical wisdom, and then, of course, heavenly wisdom, Lord, heaven smarts. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed in both of our campuses. I just want you to take a moment and let God know what you desire when it comes to wisdom. Maybe for some of you, you're saying, Lord, I, I don't know which direction. Cry out and ask him to show you. For others, you've just made a decision. You're going to grow in practical wisdom. Or you're going to share your practical wisdom because you have so much to share with others. And for all of us, man, I think we're all saying, God, we want to be flooded with heavenly wisdom because that's how we grow and change. Lord, we want you to change our very desires with heavenly wisdom. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to give you a moment with God to just pray that prayer and look to God. Just stay in an attitude of prayer. And I want to make one more invitation on both campuses. If you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, the wisdom of God has come. He kept it hidden, but then he revealed Jesus. Jesus came, and the reason he came is to die, to give his life so we can live. And he did that. We celebrate that on Easter. He's an amazing, amazing, amazing God. He was God. He always existed, but he came into a human body. And he died. He spent three days, three nights in hard earth, and God raised him from the dead. And he asked people like me and others, Christians everywhere, share the good news. Whoever trusts in him, whoever believes in him, will not perish but receive everlasting life. If you call on his name, he'll... He'll just save you from everything. So heads are bad, eyes are closed. If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor Joe, I'm touched. I'm, I'm touched by this. I want to pray with you. Understand, I'm not asking you to join our church or a religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church, were water baptized as a baby or an adult, all great things. I'm just asking you, what have you done with Jesus? I'm not asking you if you walked in here tonight saying, I'm not even sure if there is a God. There are a lot of us at one time or another in our life who are right there. But there is a God, and Jesus is the Savior, and he wants to set you free and give you hope. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I believe that, would you pray with me right now? The Bible says if you call on his name, he'll save you. So would you pray with me? And everyone else in the room, can we help them? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, this night I look to Jesus. Jesus, thank you for saving my soul. I believe you died for me, and I accept you as my Savior. And make a decision to follow you today. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happened. It's the most amazing thing. 
All your sins were washed away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. Heaven's your future destination. God's your father. It's pretty cool. Wisdom's available to you. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.